0: The Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's
1: fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. And by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Three-day weekend right ahead. See, uh, when I was uh, working a regular job, the three-day weekend before Labor Day was a big deal, you know. And I remember you you, you leave early on Friday, and you get in the weekend off. And I don't do that anymore uh, because I work on Friday, and then I'm going to be working on Monday. I'm actually going to be doing a podcast uh, on Monday, as always. Uh, and also, I'm going to be on WCBM in Baltimore from uh, 11 to 2 Eastern Standard Time. So that'll be pretty fun, and <clears> I'll <throat> be uh, live simulcasting it on Rumble. I do have a Rumble channel, after all, under Rob Carson's show. So um, I hope you have a glorious weekend. It's raining like you wouldn't believe where I live in the Midwest. We got a uh, thunderstorm this morning that literally, I sleep through thunderstorms. But this morning's was so loud, I woke up at five. I was like, what, what, what? It was, it was, it was crazy. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a like climate change and everything, you know, and all that nonsense. And I, I mentioned this the other day with uh, Hurricane Ida sweeping through. And it wasn't a Cat 4 hurricane when it arrived on shore. It had, it had uh, declined. It didn't make it, you know, it's still very, very destructive. Don't get me wrong. Okay, don't get me wrong. But uh, the, the most powerful hurricanes in the country that ever happened were in 1935. And the, the number one was 1900. So uh, the Democrat Party is, of course, using it to push a climate change agenda. And honestly, it's like in three, two, one. I said, I said, and how long will it take the Democrats to politicize the storm? I said, in three, two, one. It took a couple of days this time. I was surprised because they do the, with the gun control thing, whenever there's a shooter, um, a mass shooting or whatever, they usually start it while it's happening. It, it used to be you'd wait, you'd kind of get, but no, now it's while it's happening, while people are still being killed the democrats will will politicize it and make it about gun control so this, this is what they're doing they're, they're politicizing everything unbelievable big news of the day i don't know if it's, it's it's a pretty big it's pretty big news uh, jen saki going off on a uh, catholic reporter yesterday for asking the question hey uh, you know uh, this uh, joe biden's going to fight this uh, this abortion uh, bill in texas that was uh, upheld by the supreme court and, uh, and he asked, you know, if Joe Biden's a good Catholic, why is he pro-abortion? And she went off. And it wasn't about just answering a question. It was about editorializing. Here's the exchange.
2: Is to look for every resource, every lever at our disposal to ensure women in Texas have the ability to seek uh, health
1: care. Following up on the Texas law, why does the president support abortion? Okay, what did she say? She said, well, hold on. Uh, he- health care. Okay, health care could be a colonoscopy. Uh, health care could be a, a cancer screening. Health care could be a whatever. Uh, it is not abortion, okay? Abortion is never, it's really not health care per se. It is taking a living organism out of someone and killing it. Uh, the only difference between you and a baby is the wall of flesh that separates you. And if you're on one side, the squishy side of the flesh, you could die. All right? You could be murdered. But if you're on the other side, you can't.
3: President, who does he believe then should look out for the unborn
1: child?
2: He believes that it's up to a woman to make those decisions uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, oh nor have you ever been pregnant. But for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. The president believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. I think we got to move on.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, you, you're, you're ready to do a mic drop. But uh, the guy asked a legitimate question. He asked a legitimate question. And, and by the way, I mean, I thought that uh, the birthing persons, I thought men could get pregnant now. That's, that's what the left is. One of the many things that the left is saying right now that are absolutely absurd and putting them on the wrong side of history and common sense. Um, so Jen Psaki actually admitted that men can't get pregnant. It's women who get pregnant. It's really crazy, right? So um, everybody, of course, is uh, up in arms because, you know, a woman's right to choose for some reason, for some reason. Since Roe v. Wade, this has been uh, the the ability to be able to kill a fetus inside of uh, a a woman, which is the only place that fetuses usually are unless they've been killed already and then, you know, whatever, Uh, has been some sort of uh, empowering feminist thing, empowering feminist trope or whatever. I've never understood why that is so important. Compared to all of the other things, all of the other voting, uh, being able to write uh, to work, etc., 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 all of the other, you know, equal rights and all that. But for some odd reason, the ability to abort a fetus is, is just massive, empowering the leftist women. Now, the, the really sad thing is that Planned Parenthood was created by a eugenist, a certified eugenist who wanted babies uh, with uh, Down syndrome, other uh, uh, disabilities uh, killed before they were born, and also um, minorities. She really, really hated black people. She spoke at a Klan rally. Not kidding. Margaret Sanger. Abortion is largely used as birth control. It is uh, largely a, oops, better kill the baby. That's what it's all about, really. That's what it's all about. Here's uh, Claire McCaskill. And she's on MSNBC. And this uh, this
4: Texas bill is just the worst thing in the world.
5: Um, I, it is very hard for me to stay
6: calm, uh, to equate the False Claims Act, with setting extreme anti-abortion factions after young girls who have been raped because they didn't... No, there
1: you go. You're using that, and I'll explain why that's wrong in a, in a few.
6: No, they were pregnant until after six weeks. I find outrageous And this is not a workaround. It shouldn't be a tip of the hat. It should be condemnation that they are trying to take 50 years of Supreme Court precedent
1: and sixty billion babies. Don't forget the sixty billion babies.
6: And throw it out by creating a private police that can invade women's life at the most personal, private, and difficult moment they ever face.
1: A lot of the times, and and I, I'll just mention. I uh, I remember I when I was in college, I started dating um, a young woman, and I remember that she was afraid to tell me that she was pro-life or pro that she had an abortion because I was pro-life. And and she said, I just want to tell you this. Then she broke down crying. And I said, no, no, listen, it was a decision that you made. You, there's nothing you can do about it. But she regretted it. She regretted it greatly. And then I worked with a woman in Minneapolis. And uh, she uh, it was very left of center, left leaning when I was uh, working with her. And she had an abortion. And she, I remember she regretted it then. But now that's all she does. She advocates for pro-choice pro or pro-life. Pro-life. She is a pro-lifer. Um, deeply Christian and, and pro-life, so um, there are profound implications to um, aborting a baby, and I would say more often than not, it it is a decision that, if not regretted, is uh, very very traumatic for the women uh, who who they go through it. Here is Nicole Wallace of MSNBC who doesn't even know a governor's name, uh, talking to uh, Matthew Dowd. And this guy is a tool. He's a former Bush strategist. And he says that uh, the word pro-life ought to be ripped out of the mouths of Republicans.
7: South Dakota's governor, how do you say it, Noem, Noem, Kirstie? Wow,
1: she's a national uh, news anchor.
7: Quote, following the Supreme Court's decision to leave the pro-life Texas law in place... I have directed the unborn child advocate in my office to immediately review the new Texas law and current South Dakota laws to make sure we have the strongest pro-life laws on the books in South Dakota. So South Dakota, Matthew, is today trying to outdo Texas. Uh, Where are we heading?
8: Well, you know, I was just, I'm listening to this conversation and I was listening to that question that got asked Jen Saki and Jen's response to this. And I'm offended by that guy's question.
1: I don't care.
8: I'm not somebody that was raised Roman Catholic. I'm a Christian. I go to church every week. And the idea that these folks think that the word pro-life- Listen, here, here's the deal.
1: One of the tenets of the Catholic faith is to be uh, pro-life. If you don't like that
8: Go to another church. Life belongs in their mouth. It ought to be ripped out of their mouth because these are folks that constantly talk about pro-life.
1: Oh, listen, listen to this diatribe.
8: Want nothing to do with doing anything about guns. Want
1: nothing. To OK, nothing to do with uh, the argument here.
8: Do with doing anything about capital. What about
1: cars? Cars kill people,
8: too. Well, punishment,
1: want no A capital punishment. You know, uh, honestly, babies don't murder and rape
8: people. Nothing to do with doing anything about funding health care.
1: No, no, we're all about funding health care, leaving. It up to the private sector, thank you.
8: People that may be born because of this, they're not pro life, they're pro birth. That's who these people are. And they oh, yeah, BAC, Well, you got to be
1: born to live if you're all, uh, you know, injected with saline or shredded and sucked out, then they're not living nothing. The, the words pro life need to be graphic, but you know,
8: of the people that support this ought to never come out of their mouth again. And the idea that <laughs> you're going to use faith as an attack, yeah, yeah, going to use faith for sure. When the president of the United States and other Democratic legislators are actually trying to protect harm from occurring to half of our population in the midst of this.
1: Let's not forget the 60 million babies. Just want to throw that out there, just the 60 million babies. That could have grown up and could have been. They all be about, you know, starting 50 years ago. there would be 50 years and younger. There'd be millions of them, just millions of them. A lot of them would be people of color, which would probably... Uh, you know make them the majority in the country but Margaret Sanger's dream has come true thanks to Planned Parenthood uh here is Sean Spicer talking to uh, Lila Rose about some of the abortion extremism that has come out since the uh, Texas case was upheld by the Supreme Court
9: well I think it's showing the extremism of the abortion side I mean you have journalists who are supposedly non-biased on Twitter saying now more children with Down syndrome will be born
1: Who in their right mind, who is not an evil person, would use as an argument against uh, less abortion? But now people with Down syndrome are going to be born. Do you realize people with Down syndrome are some of the most beautiful people you could ever imagine? Do you realize that? Do you realize that Down syndrome people are the happiest people on earth down syndrome people may not be able to work uh, to your level they may not be corporate ceos but they're probably a lot happier and a lot better than those ceos i don't think there's ever been a serial killer who has uh, had down syndrome could be let me check on or bank robbers or murderers right Right?
9: Because abortions are banned. And you have, you know, abortion clinics saying that we are going to stay open until midnight before this Texas law goes into... Effect. It's
1: midnight, midnight madness with the abortion clinic. It's ladies' night. Ladies' night, come on in, get your abortion half-price. To
9: do as many abortions as possible. I mean, most
1: people... We're doing abortion blowout sale.
9: People don't think those are good things. They don't think... We won't close the door till all the babies are dead. More abortions are good. They don't think killing off disabled children are good. So, actually, what I'm seeing is this legislation in Texas is the will of the people. They elected the legislature, they elected Governor Abbott, and more and more Americans, whether they're in Texas or states like Ohio or Georgia or Alabama, are pro-life. So I'm actually really encouraged uh, being part of this amazing pro-life movement to see more people joining the movement, more people becoming pro-life, and more people calling for legal protections for pre-born children. And it looks like, finally, the U.S. Supreme Court may finally do what's right do what's logical do what's based on science and uphold the state's right to protect children in the womb who are humans just like you and me
1: yep they're just separated by a fleshy wall here is uh uh greg kelly actually carl kigby was filling in and uh, he talked to jenna ellis about the supreme court ruling i want you to listen to this okay
0: i feel like the constitution protects life liberty and pursuit of happiness so wouldn't it just be easier for the supreme court to say Look, this is when legally
1: life begins, and now the argument is over?
5: Well, it would be very easy for the Supreme Court to actually follow the Constitution and say that, first and foremost, this is a state issue. There's absolutely nothing in the U.S. Constitution that provides the federal government any specific enumerated power whatsoever to uh, weigh in on this issue. And Nancy Pelosi came out today and said that, uh, shockingly, because this isn't a super precedent, apparently, that now she wants Congress to codify Roe versus Wade. And Nancy Pelosi, my challenge to you is, show me, in the text of the Constitution, in Article 1, Section 8, that specifically enumerates the powers to Congress, where on earth do you read into that constitutional language the power that you have in Congress to put forward this type of legislation? It's a power grab. It's what Democrats always do. They refer to the Constitution, but they don't actually read the plain language. The Supreme Court needs to read the plain language, and on that Basis alone say that Roe versus Wade and all of its progeny was unconstitutional and protect life.
1: There you go. All right, thank you, Jenna Ellis. We're going to talk to uh, Emerald Robinson here in a few minutes. Get her thoughts on this. She is a White House reporter for the uh, for Newsmax, and she's absolutely terrific. Absolutely terrific. um Really cool read this summer if you get a chance to. It's called Physician on a Mission: Doctor Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America. He is a respected physician, also opinion maker. And he's put together this, uh, this book, which is a series of uh, articles, of blogs, et cetera, that address numerous issues, including uh, the constitutional framework of liberty, free markets, limited government, COVID, among other things. Some of the chapters that you could read about here is, uh, do we permit a virus to destroy our economy? Are state lockdowns illegal? Uh, it's time to break up big media. The Cultural Marxist Attack on Western Society. This is really cool. And these are all very digestible op-eds that you can read in a few minutes. And, you know, you can set the book down and come back to it later. So this is, uh, like I said, it's a terrific read. I think you'll enjoy it. If you have a short attention span like me, it's awesome if you get a chance to. It's on hardcover, paperback, and Kindle through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, So it's called Physician on a Mission, uh, Dr. Veltmeyer's prescription to save America. Or you can go to physicianonamission.org, physicianonamission.org. Time to call one of my favorite people, White House correspondent for Newsmax, Emerald Robinson. See what she's up to today.
6: Hey, Rob, can you
1: hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Uh, great to hear from you today. The big uh, headline, I guess, the big soundbite of the day is Jen Psaki yesterday being asked about Joe Biden's Catholic faith with regard to abortion. And she uh, she didn't just answer the question. She pretty much uh, editorialized. Uh, and she's getting, I saw you, you commenting on Twitter yesterday about it. So uh, pretty amazing stuff yesterday.
6: I mean, she just destroyed the whole Democrat narrative that men can get pregnant.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I know. No more birthing person. It's going to have to refer that, that person as a mother now, I guess.
6: It's a women's issue again.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, what's the buzz about her um, reaction? I saw MSNBC, of course, they're towing the abortion line. Uh, and then the conservative outlets are, are calling this a victory. Uh, what are you, What are your thoughts?
6: Well, I thought that Owen Jensen from EWTN, which is a Catholic network, did a really great job. But he's asked her several, several questions on this. But yesterday, you know, he asked her very fair, very pointed questions about it and about how the president's support of abortion and pretty, I mean, he's pretty... He's pretty far left on the abortion issue. Yeah, um, how that lines up with his Catholic faith?
0: Exactly. He's, you know,
6: even this Pope is still, you know, very pro-life. Um, and Saki appeared to get very upset. Yeah that he would even ask the question
1: well this is a very a standard line when you talk about very left uh sub-centered people um they say well you're not a you're not you don't have a uterus so you have nothing to say about it you're not a woman so you can say nothing about it
6: i mean clearly it's very traumatic for women i've i've had friends make that choice and yeah. most of them regret it yes. they had no idea how much it was going to personally affect them and walking you know, with them through things and being there for them, no matter what they're, you know, they're still my friends. Yeah. Even if I advise otherwise, women don't understand how destructive it is to them when they're talking about when these Hollywood women get up and say, Oh, I wouldn't have my career if I didn't have an abortion. Yeah. That is such a misrepresent. I mean, I, I, I won't even get into that, but also it's very hard for men. Sometimes I, ha- I have had a couple of friends who, you know, the women they were with decided to do it and it it was so hurtful to them. They begged yeah. they wanted to be a dad. Yeah. And they did not get to make that choice because it's labeled as the woman's choice. So it it, it has an effect on men as well and it's just not fair to say otherwise.
1: Well I'm gonna tell you something that I uh, haven't told you I've shared with my audience um i was adopted okay and i've always been a a pro-life person Um, a couple of years ago i got as a present for christmas a dna test and i found my biological family and um i found out from my biological half sister we were sitting at lunch and she said i want to tell you something but i don't want this to ruin your life and i said what and she goes you are the product of a sexual assault your mother was sexually assaulted and she had you um And so that kind of added a a, a quiver, uh, you know, an arrow to my quiver with regard to pro-life. I'm profoundly grateful for her. I can't imagine what it was like for her. But I'm so grateful. That she had me. And
6: look at what good you're doing in the world. Oh, I didn't know that it was such an amazing story. And what a brave woman your biological mother was. I, what a uh,
1: selfless woman. She had passed away before I got the chance to, uh, to before I found my family. And I, I would have liked to have said thank you. <clears throat> but it was, uh, it was just something that is, it's, it's profoundly important to me. Let's move on to other stuff. Um, Nancy Pelosi refused to uh, allow the reading of the names of the thirteen soldiers killed in Kabul on the floor of the house. And is uh, that got a lot of people's um, hackles up?
6: It is appalling. And look, I tried to ask Saki the other day why the President didn't read their names during his remarks on august thirty first on the close of the, you know, the official end of the twenty year war. And she wouldn't answer that. It is appalling for these families. This is the most traumatic experience for them. You you keep hearing their stories about when they did meet with Joe Biden and they felt that he was dismissive, he was not present, he was uh, self-centered during his interactions with them at Dover. They're not happy with his response out in public. And there was barely a mention of the sacrifice made in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, in that attack at the Kabul airport, which many people say just was not necessary for the House Speaker to also not allow their name. This is our service men and women, yet they will jump on this abortion story, the Texas law. They were quick with reactions there. They they want to talk about it nonstop. And the Vice President Kamala Harris, who's been missing in action yes, during yes. all of this, And I I don't think I've seen her really say anything about losing our military members, these people that are so important to our country, was immediately had a statement ready for the Texas abortion law. And look, this, I think this is a slap in the face to a lot of military families. And there are some who voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. There are some who you know, he was their choice and this is a slap in the face of them. I've actually talked to a couple a couple veterans, they're not currently active duty military, but that supported Joe Biden just because they didn't like the demeanor of uh President Trump. And these tend to be people though, they're not like your rank and file. Yeah. They're the people who tend to end up with jobs in Washington D C, right? In yeah. the military industrial complex. And They really regret
1: it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. We saw the uh, greeting uh, of the Gold Star families at Dover, and uh, many of them did not even uh, uh, approach the president, didn't want to be seen by the president. The ones who did approach, uh, we heard uh, one of the moms, several of the moms say that all he did is talk about his son. He was very uh, fake. And then yesterday, he decides to go to Walter Reed. Which oh, yeah, well, yeah I, I guess I, I don't know. That even adds more insult to injury because now you're you're you are forcing people who are immobilized, you know, to to meet with you. Do you suppose that was to save face for what happened in Dover?
6: It didn't go over well. It did not. And when I saw that he was doing a um, undisclosed movement, yeah. you know, to a movement to an undisclosed location. Yeah. I figured it was either that or something, you know, related to the Jewish high holidays, because he'd lied about going to the Tree of Life synagogue yes. earlier in the day. and was yes. having to make up for that. The White House was getting along. So I knew it was one or the other. And it ended up being Walter Reed. And it just, everyone knows why he went, and it didn't do what he thinks it did for him and what his PR, you know, Ron Klain and Chief of Staff and probably Jen Psaki and Kate Bedingfield, the comms director, thought it would do. And look, I can tell you, there's such a difference between the past administration and this administration and how they feel about our members of the military. I have sat with President Trump so many times with no cameras on, no you know, no tape recorders, no phones allowed in the room when he sat with a few of us it's every single time, Rob. I can tell you, Every single time. There was not one time that he didn't talk about our servicemen and women, yeah. the sacrifices they and their families make. He was always talking about the families that are at home and having to, you know, spend such a, a long amount of time without their, their dad or their mom. And also the mental toll it takes on the entire family. That really concerned him. So when he was looking at withdrawal from Afghanistan, yeah. that was his main, that was his main driving force is the families that were being left in, behind. And then when they came home, some of the mental you know, and emotional toll that had been taken, he, and he would often say to me, he'd say, you know, some wounds you can't see. Yeah. When I go to Walter Reed, I see people with very visible wounds, but there are some wounds you, you don't see. And I don't want uh, men and women to be unnecessarily wounded and families to be unnecessarily wounded. He was so so cognizant yeah. of what they go through and he went to Washington to read
1: often yeah. and
6: not because something had happened
1: he'd well, just randomly go I have a very sinking feeling in my stomach that the state department and Joe Biden's administration are doing nothing to get Americans out
6: they're essentially blocking it and I've now talked to more than a dozen sources on this and these are people all over all over the world
1: evil comes to mind uh, when you look at all of the decisions that are being made right now and and they are on the wrong side of history they are wrong a wrong side of morality from Nancy Pelosi refusing the, to say the names to uh, covering up Wuhan to not rescuing america what what is why why is why is this i don't understand what how could you be this morally wrong
4: emerald
6: they have an agenda and they have a Agenda. And (laughs) it does not seem that it's one that is bent towards American exceptionalism or American sovereignty. It's a very different American agenda than in the past.
1: Yeah. Very well said, by the way. Uh, Emerald, I greatly appreciate you joining me today. I hope you have a glorious uh, Labor Day weekend. Thank you. All right. See you, Emerald. Bye. All right, Emerald Robinson (laughs) joining me on the uh, show. Absolutely awesome. Uh, By the way, six in 10 Americans say uh, the United States has seriously gone off the wrong track. Yeah, six in ten voters believe that the country has gone pretty seriously off the wrong track. As President Biden faces a wave of criticism over his handling of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Nancy Pelosi, no matter how you try to distract the American people from this, we have 20 years invested in it, and it's not going anywhere. And we are not going to just forget The sacrifice that people made for this and our country made for this. Oh, the Democrat Party is a party of evil. The Democrat Party is a party for evil. They are on the wrong side of everything. I sincerely hope that figuratively after the 2022 election, the Democrat Party is blown up and reinvented or erased from history. Here's Matt Gates talking about the big Afghan lie to Cortez and Pellegrino on Newsmax. The big lie in Afghanistan was that the
0: Afghan military was ever going to fight. If Joe Biden had been honest with himself and the world, we would have seen that the Ghani government was going to fade away like a mirage in the desert. But instead we relied on them and 13 American Marines are dead today as a consequence of that bad decision. And now we know as a result of reporting, Joe Biden was actually encouraging Ghani to lie. I mean, think about that. Joe Biden encourages the president of Pakistan to lie. And then he praises himself for a celebration. But when Donald Trump told the president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, to tell the truth, he was impeached for it. Yep. Yet another example well, w- of the left. I, I want to bring sacred.
7: that up really quick while we're on that topic, because a tweet is popping up now from Jen Psaki back in 20- I think we can put that up on the screen. She says, it's not just the call transcript. The whistleblower complaint would likely have more details. We need both and not just the call. I think, uh, Congressman, we can all agree on that. Am I right?
0: Uh, We warned Democrats that if they played this dangerous game, that it could one day come back to haunt them. And now we see Joe Biden engaged in deceptive and egregious behavior with a foreign leader that is far worse than anything they ever accused Donald Trump of. I wonder if those same Democrats, Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, will agree that Joe Biden is worthy of impeachment. I doubt they will. Of
1: course they won't. Here is uh, Matt Gaetz saying that uh, Joe Biden is an albatross around the neck of the Democrat Party. Well, we should win, but we have to be
0: worthy of winning, and that means embracing the America First agenda, not reverting to the establishment mean. It turns out that Joe Biden's high approval rating early in his presidency was as frail as he turned out to be. Now, there are, according to Rasmussen, 52 percent of the country believes that Joe Biden should step down as president. Keep in mind, when Nancy Pelosi greenlit impeachment in the Ukraine hoax against Donald Trump, only 42 percent of the country supported that endeavor, according to an NBC, wow. Washington, um, uh, uh, Wall Street Journal poll, I should say, that was at that same time. So a full 10 points higher for Biden leaving office than for Trump leaving office through impeachment at the time that Nancy Pelosi greenlit that. So you're right. Joe Biden will be an albatross around the neck of Democrats running for re-election in 2022. And hopefully then we can get the oversight necessary to get to the transparency that Jen referenced in an earlier question.
1: So people got to be Perp walked. Some people got to be perp walked. Oh, are you guys ready for a super duper uh, dose of stupid? AOC talked about, uh, in my way, she thinks very admirable uh, how we pulled out of Afghanistan, by the way. Yeah, she says, what does she say? She says, uh, AOC defends a d- d- disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, a courageous decision. A courageous decision. And, you know, it does take a special kind of courage to uh, condemn a whole lot of people to death. That's, a, that's real courage, according to uh, AOC. Here are some of her thoughts on war. Now, I'm going to just give you a warning real quick. You will lose IQ points by the second. They will come back. But as long as you listen to her, you're going to lose some IQ points. So be ready for it, okay? If you're driving, you just focus or pull over. Because you're going to get so stupid, you may not be able to, to, to drive. I don't know. Here we go.
7: I don't know what the measure or expectation is of what a quote unquote successful withdrawal is, but-
1: When you, when you don't leave Americans behind. and yeah, Everybody gets out safely.
7: I hope people understand that this is what war-
1: I'm getting stupider now.
7: Looks like. It is not-
1: One plus one equals five.
7: Neat. And it is not pretty.
1: Two plus two equals giraffe.
7: It is violent.
1: Chew, hat, airplane.
7: It is brutal. Gah. And Gah. and we're out here.
1: Bleh. And we're out here
7: expecting Bleh. like this is supposed to be a cakewalk.
5: I mean Bleh. this this is war.
1: Oh. <sighs> One two three, one two three, one two three. Okay, woo man! I was. Uh, what just happened? Did I did I play a soundbite or something? I don't even. Where am I? 90 generals signed a uh, petition to uh, have a thoroughly modern Millie. and uh, the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, uh, Lloyd Austin removed. Here is one of them. He is a Major General Joe Arbuckle, and he was on Cortez and Pellegrino. <laughs>
7: I want to ask you, um, you know, what went through your mind as you saw this withdrawal, this disastrous withdrawal unfold? And what do you think was happening behind the scenes over at the Pentagon and the White House?
4: Well, it was a combination of feelings, obviously, uh, anger, frustration, dissatisfaction. And uh, the real question is, how do we get there? Uh, I think versus what was going on within the Pentagon. And uh, it was really a politically driven decision, I think we all know all based upon that arbitrary date of withdrawing on the 31st of August, which then compressed all the necessary actions to do it properly and safely into a very dense time frame, resulting in what we've seen in this debacle.
1: Here's a little bit more of the uh, general about uh, thoroughly modern Milley saying he might work with ISIS-K.
7: General Milley, you know, he was asked about, uh, you know, essentially this uh, renewed fight on terror and how we're going to handle that. Here's what he had to say.
8: In war, you do what you must in order to reduce risk to mission and force, not what you
3: necessarily want to do. Any possibility of coordination against ISIS K with them, do
4: you think? It's possible.
7: So, the talk of coordinating with the Taliban against ISIS K, what do you make of that?
4: Well, the old saying about the leopard doesn't change its spots comes to mind. they're a terrorist organization and yes they're putting on the best face right now because they're getting something they want and that's us out of the country along with a lot of our equipment and uh, the shame that goes with us re- withdrawing under these circumstances so I think that's temporary. I don't believe they're going to change their basic nature at all I think they're going to of
1: course they're not My God, if you weren't born. In 2001, if you were a child in 2001, you don't know that they want to do a worldwide caliphate and wipe anyone who is a non believer off the face of the earth. That's it. All of them. You can't work with them, you can't trust them. They will stab you in the back literally or cut your head off. I can't say this clear enough. There is no moment that you can say, hey, we're going to work together and then we're going to do because they they will do whatever it takes to achieve their goal, even if it means lying and making it seem like they're on your side. This is not going anywhere. People are angry. People want Washington, D.C. overturned. I'm not saying a violent incursion. But they want this filthy government overturned. They want it purged. They are righteously angry and ready for a fight. Anthony Fauci says the U.S. is keeping a very close eye on the Mu variant of the COVID-19. But it's not an immediate threat. Oh, this will become a threat when it's politically useful. And that, of course, will be election year. Here is a little bit of uh, Anthony Fauci with the latest, the Mu variant we need to be afraid of. This
8: variant has a constellation of mutations that suggest that it would evade certain antibodies, not only monoclonal antibodies, but vaccines. So
1: he's saying your natural immunity won't do it, even though a new study says that uh, natural immunity is far more effective than a vaccine but he's setting us up for another shutdown. He's setting us up for another round of shots.
8: Convalescent serum-induced antibodies. But there isn't a lot of clinical data to suggest that. It is mostly... We don't believe you anymore. Laboratory in vitro data. Not to downplay it, we take it very seriously. But remember, even when you have variants...
1: Very- this is to soften you up, because right now if he says, oh, the move variant, we've got to shut down everything, you would immediately react in a visceral way. But if he says, you don't have to worry about it right now, and then in a couple weeks, well, it's becoming more of a concern. It's becoming more of a concern, and uh, you know, then it's going to get really serious. This is like the frog in hot water thing. You throw a uh, frog into uh, boiling water, it'll try to jump right out. But if you put a frog in a pot, I've never done this one. I would never do it, by the way. Uh, and just turn on the heat. The, the water's cool to begin with. They'll just stay there. They'll stay there right until it's boiling and they're done.
8: That's what he's doing. That do diminish somewhat the efficacy of a vaccines. Oh, yeah. The vaccines still are quite effective against variants of that type. Bottom line, we're paying attention to it. We take everything like that seriously, but we don't consider it an immediate threat, right? Uh-huh,
1: but it will be. It will be when it's politically expedient. A Harvard epi- epidemiologist says the case for COVID vaccine passports was just demolished. Just demolished. Vaccinated individuals were 27 times more likely to get a symptomatic COVID infection than those with natural immunity from COVID, according to a new study. Okay? Okay. So, Harvard Medical Professor Martin Kulldorff said research showing that natural immunity offers exponentially more protection than vaccines means vaccine passports are both unscientific and discriminatory. CDC research shows that vaccinated individuals still get infected with the COVID-19 and carry just as much of the virus in their throat and nasal passage as unvaccinated individuals. I've got natural immunity. Let me on the plane. Let me in your ding restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here's some uh, audio um, and video of a uh, uh, nurses. There are a couple of these going viral. Uh, nurses who've been told they no longer have jobs if they don't get vaccinated. These are nurses who claim they have natural immunity. And this is the uh, the exchange. They showed up for work anyway. I don't know where this is. I've just seen the video in a couple of places. I'm sure that will become very clear. But they decided to show up for work anyway. Here's the exchange. Eddie,
9: so are terminated?
6: we terminated? Is that what what's you said? No. You said
8: we're terminated? Eddie,
6: Pardon? Did you say that we were terminated? You, your access has been denied. Are we terminated? And yes, you, ma'am,
8: you are. So you're
6: firing effective
8: us. 9-1. You are off payroll, effective
6: 9-1. Are you okay. firing us? I
8: will not answer your specific questions. I have told you... And, right. and
1: this idiot is wearing a cloth mask. But
6: I have not quit. So am I being fired?
1: You are being terminated.
6: Yes,
1: sir. Okay. You're a douche. That's, That's, all. That's all I... Scott, a douche, Scott, a douche. Do you do the fun dungo? <sighs> All right, let's move on. Um, a college professor is saying that the ethical thing for white people to do is commit suicide. Yeah, this is who's teaching your kids. A Duquesne University professor came under fire for saying there was some kind of ethical dimension for an argument that white people should kill themselves in reaction to racial division. This guy is uh, a tool. He is a, uh, a professor. His name is Derek Cook. Hook. Hook. College Fix, a conservative news outlet, reported the video appears to be from a summer session uh,
3: hosted by Hook. Here is Captain Hook saying that uh, white people should kill themselves. He made the assertion that white people should commit suicide as an ethical act. And here's a, a quote from him directly. The reality in South Africa today... Hey, Whitey, you go first. ...is that most white people spend their whole lives only engaging black South Africans in subservient positions. My question is then how can a person not be racist if that's the way they live their lives? The only way then for white people to become part of Africa is not to exist as white people anymore. Wow. If the goal is to dismantle white supremacy and white supremacy is white culture, then the goal has to be white supremacy is not white culture. You tool has to be to dismantle white culture and ultimately white people themselves. The total integration into Africa. by you white go first, buddy. White people will also automatically then mean the death of white people as white as a concept would not exist anymore. Oh,
1: this is just so stupid. I'm just so done with this.
3: So here's the kind of crazy gambit um, of this point. Crazy is the operative word. I want to suggest that psychoanalytically we could even make the argument that there was something ethical in Delport's statements. Now, I suppose... Something
1: ethical in white people killing themselves.
3: You know, parenthetically, we could say that Delport's kind of a, a young, fired-up academic, and maybe, you know, there's a little bit uh, too much of a dramatization in some of his, his comments, but nevertheless... I was- you idiot. Did you hear what the guy just said? He says white people should kill themselves. Stop trying to parse it. Make the argument that there is some kind of ethical dimension to his, his provocations. Uh, you just
1: need to be fired. That's all there's to it. Oh, hey, here's some good news. Actually, a woke teacher did get fired. Uh, this guy, his name is uh, his name is uh, Gabriel Pipe. Gabriel pipe and and he likes to uh, he likes he's got like a hammer and sickle tattoo he's a radical Marxist communist he, he has rubber stamps to mark students work including uh, images of Joseph Stalin one of uh, history's largest uh, mass murderers Fidel Castro ditto Kim jong-un this guy is sick 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 he was confronted by and the reason why he got fired is because project Veritas did a video on him the school district did nothing about this guy having an antifa flag in his classroom and saying that uh, he his goal is to uh, basically in a 180 days to turn your kid into a leftist radical. This includes uh, giving them extra credit for going to a- Antifa gatherings, Black Lives Matter gatherings. Here's a little bit of the Project Veritas video, and then we hear the Sacramento uh, school board meeting last night where a mama bear uh, tore him a new one.
10: I have 180 days to turn him into revolutionaries. How do you do that? How do you scare the fuck out of them? Sacramento organization that. Is under the banner of Antifa is, is very loosely organized, right? Um, so, like, yeah, when when there is like right wing rallies and stuff, then yeah. we like will create an opposition to Absolutely. that. Yeah. Beautiful. Where would he go to connect to some of these organizations? Like, they no, I, I post a calendar oh, every okay, week, awesome. and then, so cool. like they, it's and I do it for extra credit, so they get points for doing it, like, it, awesome. so that encourages them to do it. <laughs> and I've I've had like students show up for like protests, community events, you know,
1: tabling. This guy in the video is uh, actually wearing an Antifa shirt
10: food distribution all sorts of things they, when they go, they take pictures, they write up a reflection, that's their exercise. Like I, I have an Antifa flag on my, on my wall um, and a student complained about that and he said it made him feel uncomfortable, well, this is meant to make fascists feel uncomfortable, so if you feel uncomfortable I, I don't really know what he's doing
1: so it makes you feel uncomfortable, he's saying that you kids are fascists Antifa is fascism, that's the irony of it here is a mama bear last night tearing a new one to the uh, Natomas School District School Board, ultimately, they ended up marching out in anger.
11: Second thing is, the reason why my daughter is standing behind me is because my job as her parent is to protect her from anybody that has ill will towards her. So being that this is her first year at this high school...
1: By the way, the name of the high school is Intercom High School... All right? And the school district is Natomas. So you know.
11: That is world renowned, and everybody knows about this school. It's so perfect, and everybody does everything right. The first time my daughter tells me, and she goes against my wishes to come out of a classroom that's disruptive to her well being, I have an issue. Come on. I am very articulate, my children are very well read. They are they speak their opinion they make sure that they are clear in what they do and do not like and for the fact that my 17 year old daughter had to come to me and said mom you don't understand he's, he's let me explain this means that in two weeks in 13 days yep. he was allowed to change my daughter's mind yeah. about some fascist crap yeah. that y'all have led in this school yeah.
1: there you go there you go oh and here is the uh, news story accompanying this
2: very tense moments inside this meeting tonight bringing around a hundred people so many so that dozens of people filled this parking lot just to listen to the meeting from outside that protest bringing both parents and concerned citizens from outside of the district but it's the way this meeting ended that's adding even more frustration
4: there is no excuse for communism
2: on American soil. Yes. Frustrated families flooding Wednesday's Natomas school board meeting looking for immediate action. The principal, the vice principal, and the board has to go. Angry parents in the dozens Woo. concerned about what their students are being taught.
10: I believe a criminal investigation needs to happen immediately. Yeah. 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 Uh, I have 180 days to turn him into revolutionaries.
2: Those words after this video allegedly shows an intercom high school teacher sharing insight. There's
1: nothing alleged about it. Oh, by the way, he also had a mousy tongue uh, uh, poster in his room. Into his
10: own classroom. I have an Antifa flag on my on my wall, um, and a student complained about that, and, and he said it made them feel uncomfortable. Well, this is meant to make fascists feel
2: uncomfortable, so if you feel uncomfortable, I, I don't really know what to do. <laughs> the off campus conversation with teacher Gabrielle Guype now on paid administrative oh, leave, was videotaped and edited by an organization called Project Veritas. It's a far right group that considers
1: themselves journalists. No, it's not a far right group. It is actual journalists. You are not.
10: This does not begin and end
1: with
0: him. He was enabled for years. Yep. Complaints were filed and nothing was done. Yep.
2: I have a problem with people teaching our kids things without our knowledge. Parents like Monique Hoffman calling for a full investigation into the teacher and district and changes in policy the one teacher is not just the problem we would like to see some steps that are going to help protect all of our children the classroom controversy stopping abruptly in the middle of public comment this meeting has been continued for another date and time uh, for a lack of a quorum board members leaving out the back with some in the meeting running after them leaving passionate parents still fire them all looking for action
0: It, it really comes down to accountability
2: the school superintendent issued a statement today saying the following quote, As of today, this teacher was placed on paid leave because of his actions and choices in the classroom. Natomas Unified will be taking the legally required next steps to place the teacher on unpaid leave and fire the teacher. Now the district has not responded. Na-na-na-na.
1: na na na, 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 na. Hey, 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 hey. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. I'm going to wrap things up with the new ted nugent if you didn't hear his video or hear his uh his uh speech on video early in the week i'm going to share it with you i want you to listen to what this man this great patriot had to say about our government being our enemy
12: ever in the history of the world or america or my life have i been so ashamed of my government and at the threat of being censored or maybe even have some jackboots break into my property and come and arrest me it's inescapable the evidence is irrefutable the united states government is the enemy of mankind i've said it so many times before you can't just piss and moan and squawk you should call your mayor and your senator and your congressman and your governor, I'd say daily at this point, and express how horrified we are that this commander-in-chief who did not get elected legally and his treasonous gang have lost all respect for America Around the world, world. my friends, please, if ever there was a time, just go to HunterNation.org. I know, what does hunting have to do with this? God, family, country, freedom, Constitution, Bill of Rights, the Ten Commandments, the Golden Rule, law and order, constitutional oath accountability. That's what Hunter Nation is focusing on.
1: Now, six in ten Americans feel the country is going off the rails. Six in ten of us know that this is wrong and must be stopped. Six in ten, kids. It's time for a peaceful revolution. It's time to be heard. And then it's time to hit the ballots, the ballot boxes. Well, the Democrats are going to attempt to hit the ballot boxes and stuff them with Democrat votes. We got to stop it. That's going to do it for the show. I greatly appreciate you joining me, joining me today, and and this entire week. It's been really uh, awesome to be a part of your lives, and uh, the show is growing, growing by leaps and bounds. I almost said groping by leaps and bounds. That would be that would be uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, he likes to grope by leaps leaps and bounds. Uh, if you get a chance to check out the news, uh, well, obviously you're checking out the Newsmax Daily. Uh, check out my TV show this weekend. It's Rob Carson's What in the World. It airs uh, nine o'clock Eastern on Saturday. 2 o'clock Eastern on Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com for details on the show. It's a wonderful show. And then, I'll co- of, of course, also the digital platforms this show is on. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Have a glorious week. God bless our troops, both living and deceased, our Gold Star families, our first responders, police officers, and you, and you, and you, and until Monday.